Well, hi, my name is Mark Tuchel, and welcome to my Living Sober Sucks, But Living Drunk Sucks More podcast. Now, this is the audio version of my written blog, and the title of this piece is called You Can't Save Everyone. I'm going to start this article by telling you the story of what happened to one of my dogs. Now, it doesn't have a happy ending, so if reading or hearing about a pet passing away disturbs you, then close this or click on the next article. But the reason I want to use this story of my pet is because it's very similar to situations where we have cleaned up our own life and we feel compelled to help a friend or a loved one clean up their life. Now, here's the story. You see, I travel in a giant tour bus and my five dogs accompany me. All right, they're just little dogs, so I'm not that crazy. All right, maybe a little crazy. Anyway, I was staying in a pretty raw area of Florida where there's snakes, spiders, scorpions, alligators, I mean, all sorts of natural threats to humans and dogs. And on this particular morning, I got up, went outside, and I, and I noticed that there was a bloom of mushrooms on the jungle floor. Now, I made it a point to keep my dogs away from the mushrooms, and uh, they weren't really that interested in them anyway. I mean, they were more interested in all the sounds and smells around us. I had them on leashes because I wanted to protect them from predators. But you know how it goes. I mean, after a while, we all become comfortable with our surroundings, so I let them off leash. And I wanted them to have a bit of freedom to do what dogs do, you know, sniff around, have fun. Yeah, but I kept an eye on them. Well, the day had gone without incident, and me and the dogs were enjoying our lush jungle-like surroundings. I took them out for their last pee and poop of the night, and I let them off leash. And they did what dogs do, you know, walk around, sniff, and tend to their business. But all of a sudden, they all gathered around something, and a skirmish ensued. I mean, ain't no big deal. I mean, that's what dogs do. And I yelled at them, hey, knock it off, you assholes! So the skirmish ended pretty quickly, and everybody, you know, came in for the night. It was just another average day with my dogs, but uh, that all changed soon. Now, within an hour, one of my dogs, Mr. Beanhead, the, the smallest and littlest one, well, he was acting all listless and weird. I mean, he just stared at me all googly-eyed and shit. Now, another one of my dogs, Rommel, he was panting and staring at me as well. Now, he, he never just sits there and pants. So I sat on the recliner, and I let Mr. Beanhead lay in my lap, and Rommel sat across from us, panting and staring. Now, the other dogs went and hid under blankets, and they went to sleep. Now, this was all peculiar behavior, but I didn't think much of it. I decided to just sit with my dogs and watch a movie. Well, before the movie ended, Mr. Beanhead had died in my lap. I'm not going to go into all the details, but let's just say it was a mess, and through all the surprise and panic, I tried to resuscitate him, but to no avail. And I couldn't figure out what had just happened. I mean, nobody squeaked or squealed when they were outside. There were no signs of bites, stings, or injury. All I knew was that one of my dogs had just died in my lap, and the others were acting a bit strange as well. I mean, what the fuck was going on here? Was I going to end up with five dead dogs in one night? I mean, hell, I'm out in, uh, I'm in the middle of the Florida jungle in Everglades, and there's no veterinarians around. So I maintained a vigil, you know, watching my dogs all night, and by morning, everyone was back to normal. Well, except for Mr. Beanhead. I mean, he was still dead. But, you know, it wasn't until after I buried Mr. Beanhead that I was able to sit and think through what had all transpired. And I came to the conclusion that he had most likely eaten some of the fresh mushrooms, you know, during that little dog skirmish. One dog wants something, they all want it, and then they just got to eat it. You know, I felt so much guilt over this. I mean, why didn't I just have him on a leash? Why didn't I watch him closer? 
You know, it's kind of like that when when we review one of our own drunken episodes. You know, oh, why did I go out with those guys? Why did I keep on drinking? Why did I say that? Why did I drive? Or after something awful happens to someone we care about. Oh, why did I let him drive? Why didn't I answer his last phone call? Why didn't I say something sooner? You know, maybe maybe we can learn from our guilt. You know, we come up with, well, I won't do that again. Next time I'll intervene. But you know what? Our best intentions don't always work. For example, in the case of my dogs, I learned from experience to try to keep them safe, but even my best intentions doesn't protect them from everything. Now, if it's dark out or if I'm unfamiliar with the surroundings or if I feel uncomfortable about something, then I take them out on leashes. But that doesn't always protect them. One night, I had one of my dogs out on a leash, and he went to go pee on a rock. And from around the back of the rock came a scorpion. I didn't see the scorpion, but my dog did, so he went after it. Oh, he got stung by the scorpion, and he got really pissed off, so he kept going after it. It was dark out, and I couldn't see what was going on or what he was going after. And in the melee of barking, snapping, and all the dust flying, I pulled my dog away. Well, I finally saw the scorpion. I stomped on it, but it was too late. My dog had already been stung, possibly a couple of times. Yeah, now my dog, Rommel, lived through the episode. Well, he didn't have a pleasant night, and he got pretty sick. But I learned something very important from these experiences. You know what I learned? You can't save everyone from themselves. Now, repeated intervention, logical discussion, pleading, bitching, threats, busting my balls, my own declining health, auto accidents, mounting debt and mounting problems had no effect on me. Look, you rag at me all you want. I'll just avoid you or go about my drinking in private or, or do it someplace you can't catch me. If I was cut off at one bar, I'd just go to another. If I burned all my bridges at the local bars, then I'd go off on my boat and drink alone. I would circumvent all attempts to stop me from drinking. I was not going to be stopped or saved by anyone. Now, you can find the rest of my story of how and why I quit drinking in the pages of my books. This article is about controlling your desire to save someone. Saving someone else will not make you any more sober. Look, it's a nice gesture. It may be the right thing to do, and you may be able to help someone. But the fact still remains that saving someone else will not make you any more sober. I mean, it's odd because you can get drunker, but you can't get sober. I mean, there's a limit to how sober you can get. Now, and once we sober up, we tend to see, or we think we see, all the drinking issues of others. Now, I'm certain you have friends or family members you'd like to help, and there are plenty of people who I care about or love, and I see them bringing unnecessary drama and problems into their lives. I can't save them, but I can risk trying. Now, I use the word risk because approaching someone who has not asked for your help may damage the friendship or relationship. It may even terminate it, so tread cautiously. And don't be surprised if the person you think you're going to help tells you to go fuck yourself and mind your own business. Now, I suggest that if you're so compelled to intervene that you do it with tact and tenderness. You can mention your own thoughts, observations, your own experiences, and make suggestions. But don't preach. Now, there's nothing worse than listening to a reformed prostitute preach on the evils of sex. You see, I don't go around preaching the good word of sobriety. 
Yes, I write books on the topic. I have a website, a blog, and these podcasts. I make appearances and do speaking engagements when I'm asked to, but I don't walk around preaching to people. I don't force this on people. If you don't want to read this or listen to this, then click close. You're not being forced. And when it comes to me feeling as if I'd like to help someone, well, I may approach a friend and then and, and say something like, you know, Mike, I see you harming yourself and you're, and you're bringing a lot of unwanted and unnecessary problems into your life. I don't know, maybe there might be some things you can do, some changes you can make that would help your life become a bit easier. Now, if they're curious and they want to talk further, then we will. But I say my piece and I leave it up to them. Now, I don't force my lifestyle on them, and I absolutely won't present false promises if they do want to talk. Now, and there's some people I just disengage from or eliminate associating with in life. If I think they drink too much, that's my problem, not theirs. If I don't like their lifestyle and their behavior makes me uncomfortable, then I don't hang around them any longer. We can't save everyone. Forcing your lifestyle and your beliefs on someone else won't make you a better person. And your lifestyle may not be what the person you're trying to help even wants. Look, some people will put on a show just to get you to shut the fuck up. And then they're going to go about living how they want to behind your back. Now, sometimes the only way to control another person's behaviors is to kennel them or to keep them on a leash like a dog. Now, is that the right thing to do? And what gives you the right to do it? Now, some cases do require a heavier hand, such as if it comes to your safety or the safety of your children. But the scope and length of this article doesn't afford me the time or space to go into those details. I believe that the best way for you and me to show the benefits of sobriety is to just go about living our lives as we do. Let people approach us and ask us questions. Now, when people see someone who's healthy and happy, they want to know how they did it. Sometimes uh, people come right out and I get asked, Mark, how come it seems like you don't have any problems in life? How is it that you live so well? How did you get your body into such great shape? Yes, I'm in good shape. I take good care of my body. And they'll ask me, well, what do you do for a living? Or, or any number of questions similar to these. Well, some people don't like hearing my answers. They don't want to quit drinking or they don't want to put in the effort. And some listen intently and genuinely consider making changes in their own behavior. But you know what? Most won't ever do a thing about it. But it's not my job to save them. I can feel sad. I can wish them well. I can use words to plant some seeds. But I can't do the work for them. Now, I'd like to close this by making a couple of points here. Please be tender and watchful of your pets. Do what you can to keep them from eating or playing with dangerous items. But no matter how hard we try or how vigilant we are, we can't always stop our friends from doing something harmful to themselves. Yes, that's pets and people. You know, the best way to help a friend is to let them witness you living well. Invite them into your world, but don't force them in because you can't save everyone. All right, that's it. Thank you for spending your time uh, to either read or listen to this blog of mine. Hey, remember that these are my own opinions and observations. Think for yourself and come to your own conclusions. If you enjoy this stuff or you get something out of it, please tell your friends about my website. It's livingsobersucks.com. I also got a bunch of books out there. You might find some of them interesting. 
And I do offer my website, the blog, these podcasts, everything is free. So I ask you, you know, if you if you like what I do, go ahead. Please make a contribution to my website. You do it securely through PayPal. The link is on the bottom of the uh, blog article here. And remember, donations are not tax deductible. I pay taxes. Hey, thanks again for spending some of your very valuable time with me. My name is Mark Tuchel.